We're kicking off Packers Bears Week today on Locked on Packers. And I have something I need to say. The idea of Justin Fields being a star player. It's over. It's done. We're going to get into it on today's show. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers, like us on Facebook, Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. It is Packers Bears week. So, of all the weeks for Bears fans to get mad at me for talking about the Bears, this cannot be one of them. It still will be. They'll still, they'll still claim that the Bears live rent-free in my head, but it is the opponent for the Packers this week. And as such, I have something to say. Justin Fields can still become a reasonable, serviceable quarterback. But the idea that he can or likely will become a star quarterback. We have to stop it. It has to end. It is based solely at this point on pre-draft evaluation and not on anything that has actually happened in the NFL. And the case for Justin Fields always rests on it being everyone else's fault. It's always about everyone else. It's not about Justin Fields. It's the coach. Even though Mitch Trubisky was a far more productive passer under Matt Nagy than Justin Fields. Okay, well, he was a rookie. Okay, well, last year, Justin Fields didn't play every game. And in the games that he didn't play, you had other quarterbacks who produced somewhat efficiently. In fact, his productivity... And I understand the pure production is not everything. But when we're talking about historic, historic productivity gaps, you have to just stand up and go for whatever other things that we can say. Let's say you think Matt Nagy is the worst coach in the NFL. I don't, but let's say you think that. And you think Luke Getze is a moron or, and I don't, and you think Luke Getze did not do Justin Fields any favors early in the year, not leaning into the running more. And let's say you think this is the worst supporting cast in NFL history last year, which no, it wasn't. It just flat out was not. Also, Bears fans before the season tried to say the Packers had worse skill players than the Bears. So it's a funny argument to make in retrospect, but let's say all of that is true. We're still talking about the most inefficient, the most unproductive quarterback in the modern era through 25 starts. It He is like in, in 
statistical realms with guys like Josh Rosen, with rookie David Carr. His The problems that he has, things like not feeling pressure in the pocket, his feel for the game is terrible. It's terrible. It is, it, it is one of the things, too, that he took with him from college at Ohio State, surrounded by all the talent and with coaching that we think is pretty good, at least by college, for, you know, for college compared to his peers. He was not efficient at avoiding sacks. He turned pressures into sacks at a high rate last year. One of the worst pressure to sack rates in the modern era. He is an incredible runner, and that gives him a floor of productivity. But in terms of passing, don't compare him to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, through 25 starts, was infinitely more productive than Justin Fields. Don't compare him to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was significantly more productive through 25 starts than Justin Fields. Don't compare him to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was significantly more productive as a passer than Justin Fields through 25 games. The far more likely high-end outcome for someone like Justin Fields is Ryan Tannehill, faster Ryan Tannehill, or longer-lived peak David Garrard, and maybe not even, because if you're going to continue to rely on your legs, your shelf life is just not going to be very long. I dug this stat up. Justin Fields has yet to throw for 300 yards in a game, okay? In the last 25 years, here is the list of quarterbacks who never hit 300 yards in their first 25 starts. So we're talking about the modern era since 2000. And a a lot has changed since 2000. But in like 2000, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl throwing for like 180 yards. It was a different kind of game. You could still win games like that. So you would think there'd be more guys who did not hit that mark. In 25 years, the only quarterbacks who have not hit 300 yards in their first 25 starts, it's Tyron Taylor, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jamarcus Russell, Trent Edwards, David Garrard, Alex Smith, and Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the one guy every Bears fan point to and says, look at his development. Except Josh Allen without, you know, guru-level coaching, without high-end supporting cast. His best receiver was John Brown. His second-best receiver was Cole Beasley. And eventually, you know, his his things changed for him a little bit with Stephon Diggs, but he was still significantly more productive in what I would consider a, a harder situation in terms of the division and everything around him than Justin Fields. 300 is, in fact, an arbitrary cutoff. Okay, that's fine. He's only been within 300 yards. He's only been within 40 yards of 300 yards. 40. Twice in 25 career starts. He only hit the 200-yard mark. 200 yards. Justin Fields only threw for 200 or more yards twice in 15 starts last season and failed to get to 100. He didn't get 100 passing yards twice last year. 
We're talking about historically unproductive. To put this in some perspective with Jordan Love, Jordan Love played half a game against Detroit in 2021 in the last week of the season. Half a game. Wasn't the starter, went in and just played half a game. He was more productive than six Justin Fields' full games last year in a half. He got an MVP vote. In Love's lone start, which everyone said he was terrible. Terrible. His lone start in Kansas City on short notice against the best team in football. It would have been Fields' third most productive game of the 2022 campaign. We're talking about historic, historic failure to produce. Justin Fields could become a competent NFL player. History tells us the chances of him being a star, a true franchise level star, superstar, MVP caliber player, which is what the hype train has said for a lot of the offseason. It may not be actually zero because there's always the first time for everything, but understand it would be the first time. It would be a historical outlier. Thousands of quarterbacks have played in the NFL. He would be the first. It's just not happening. All right, I want to talk about Jordan Love, but more specifically, I want to talk about the supporting cast and two key reasons why Jordan Love just has to be not terrible and the Packers will be good this season. We're going to talk about that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Football season kicks off this Thursday. Can't wait. Chris Jones doesn't look like he's going to be there for the Kansas City Chiefs as they take on the Detroit Lions. There's no better way to get in on the action than with Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game. Just pick between two and five players. Select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats. Then do what you usually do. Spend kickoff watching the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. And it's legal in over 30 states. It is an absolute blast. If you want to build a dream team today, head over to their easy-to-use mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, and not only will Underdog double your first deposit up to $100, but they also have a Pick'em Special Live now in their pickup lobby. Patrick Mahomes has to just get one yard for your pick to be correct. Remember, that's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON. Use the link in the description or scan the QR code if you're watching us on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. The Locked On Ultimate NFL Season Preview is here. The seven-episode extravaganza brings opinions, analysis, and plenty of debate from all 32 of our Locked On NFL hosts with added insights from our national experts. It's a can't-miss series before the season kicks off. Catch every episode on Locked On NFL on YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, a show about how the things that the Packers were best at are coming back. The run game, the offensive line, the passing defense. And something that our pal Zach Cruz over at Packers Wire said sparked something 
in me. He said, you know, I don't know if the Packers are going to be good. I don't know if Jordan Love is going to be good, but I'm pretty sure that they're going to be able to block opposing pass rushes and they're going to be able to rush opposing passers. And so I thought, is that enough? Like, is that enough to just be good? Does that give you a baseline level of just like, okay, if you can do those two things, you can win a lot of games. And part of the reason why, before we get into some of the the numbers behind it, some of the reasons for that is you look at someone like Jared Goff last year. The Lions protected the hell out of Jared Goff. Jared Goff against pressure is bad. He's terrible. Even by league standards, bad. Every quarterback gets worse against pressure. He turtles against pressure. But they protected him enough. They used play action effectively enough. They used the quick game effectively enough. They created shot plays effectively enough that it mitigated those issues. If you give your quarterback clean pockets in the NFL, if you're just an NFL caliber quarterback, that raises your floor. If you can just go one to two to three with any sort of consistency, like look at what Mike White did for the Jets last year. Look at what the corpse of Joe Flacco did for the Jets last year. We see this all the time. Guys come in and they play well and we just go, how did this happen? Brock Purdy. Give the quarterback time to throw and generally speaking, NFL players and NFL coaches are good enough to figure out the rest. Now, that's just offense. That's not going to give you wins, but that's just offense. Now look at the defense part of this. The pass rush. If you rush the opposing passer, that is the quickest way to be effective as a defense. Disrupt the opposing passer because the quickest way to get beat on defense is through the air. Disrupt opposing passers and your defense can be good. Now, wasn't necessarily true for the Packers because their run defense was so bad and because the offense just wasn't good enough. Their run defense was bad in 2021 and 2020 and 2019, but their offense was so good, it didn't matter. They were still really good. So here are the teams in the top 10 last year in both pass block grade by Pro Football Focus and pass rush grade. The Eagles, who were first in both. The 49ers, who were top five in both. I think pretty unanimously I don't, I, I, can you be pretty unanimous? No. I think unanimously, the two best rosters in the league by consensus. Certainly consensus says that they're the two best rosters in the league. I don't know why I'm adding all these qualifiers. They're the, they were the two best rosters in the league last year. The Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl. So the first three teams were two NFC finalists and the Super Bowl winner. The Jaguars, who won a playoff game And in their first season for a lot of young players, pushed the Chiefs in a playoff game. And then the Browns, who got atrocious quarterback play from Deshaun Watson, but while they got pretty good quarterback play from Jacoby Brissett, actually looked like a pretty competent team. If you can rush the quarterback and you can protect the quarterback, you're probably going to be good. If you extend this to just who was above average in both, so top 16 in both, you had the Ravens, one of the most competent franchises in the sport, the Packers and the Patriots. Patriots got bad quarterback play from Mac Jones. The Packers got below average quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers. And the Ravens had Tyler Huntley playing for half the year. And no, no, no one to throw the ball to. I actually think this one, 
demonstrates this a little more acutely in a lot of ways. If you use pass block win rate, which is an ESPN stat, it's a lot of the same teams. The Chiefs and the Eagles at the top. The Browns, again, I think it's easy to overlook how good the Browns roster is. The Browns are going to be good this year. If Deshaun Watson is just like passable, he was a train wreck last year. And and it is fraught to talk about Deshaun Watson because of the sexual misconduct allegations and just the breadth of those allegations and the details of those allegations. It's really gross to talk about. It's why I think, frankly, we don't have a lot of Browns talk. If it were anybody else, like if Jacoby Brissett was just the quarterback of that team again and all we saw last year was the Jacoby Brissett Browns. If Jacoby Brissett, I'll, I'll put, take this a step further. If Jacoby Brissett had played 17 games last year, the Browns go to the playoffs. They go to the playoffs. That's why I don't understand why Brissett is not going to be the starter in Washington, but that's a separate thing. So it's the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Browns, the Bills, hello, the Packers. These are top 16 in pass block win rate. The Broncos and the Rams. Now, at first I went, hmm, I don't think this helps my case. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, this is exactly the case. The Browns, for about half their season, got terrible quarterback play. It scuttled their year. The Packers, for much of the season, got below average quarterback play. And were still one game away from the postseason. The Broncos got hilariously bad quarterback play. Russell Wilson, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. And the Rams, Matthew Stafford was bad before he got hurt. And then Baker Mayfield play. They got really bad quarterback play. And then, you know, there, there was an accumulation of problems. Cooper Cup gets hurt. And, you know, you, you just, the atrophy of the roster became apparent. They could still rush because they have Aaron Donald. And Sean McVay is a good enough coordinator as an offense, from, from an offensive standpoint, I know he's not the offensive coordinator, but he coordinates the offense, that he can mitigate some of those things. The, the play action, the boots, some of the things that they, they do in the offense makes it so you don't have to be an elite talent offensive line and you can still win because if the ball's out, it's a win. If you go max protect and you don't give up a, a protection, you're winning. And you're giving your quarterback enough time to make these plays. Just don't be terrible. And that's the case. Jordan Love, just don't be terrible. Because this Packers team, already again, they were in that top half in both pass block win rate and pass rush win rate. Same thing with PFF grade. Well, their offense, the offensive line should be better. Zach Tom, a no doubt day one starter. David Bakhtiari comes comes into the year healthy, going to start week one. And then they have better depth. Yash Nyman, Rashid Walker. It's got to be the best backup tackle situation in football. So then you look to the other side of the ball. You swap Dean Lowry for Devontae Wyatt. Clear pass rush upgrade. You swap whoever was rushing the passer secondarily from the inside with Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden, who admittedly rookies, but look disruptive so far. Rashawn Gary is trending toward playing in week one, according to Brian Gutekind. So you have Preston Smith. You add Lucas Van Ness, Kingsley and Igbari in year two, Justin Hollins for the whole season. You add Brenton Cox Jr., who's this wild card of a, I don't know, but but looked really impactful, pedigree, all that stuff. 
This team should be better at those things than they were last year. So that brings us to Jordan Love. Just, it's kind of just don't screw it up. And guess what? Over the course of this summer especially, he has done an excellent job of just not screwing it up. I think there's been some high-level plays too, some some outside of structure plays, some gorgeous deep balls, those kinds of things. But he's kept the train on the tracks, running on time. Is it a, is it a Swiss watch right now? No. But it's, you know, it's a, it keeps the time. As long as it keeps the time, what what is going on in the league right now says, if you can pass block, if you can rush the passer, you can be a good team if your quarterback is just fine. Just be fine, Jordan Love. I've been saying if he's like, the 16th or 18th best quarterback, they're going to be a playoff team. I actually, I think we can adjust that down. I really do. I'm trying to set expectations here for, for what the team can be, but I think if Jordan Love is like the 20th best quarterback, just be not actively hurting the team. I think I think you can get to 19 or 20 quarterbacks that don't actively hurt your team. If you're in that range and the Packers stay marginally healthy, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to they're gonna be a potential playoff team. All right, I want to finish up here as we get set for Packers-Bears in just a second on Locked on Packers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. With draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. Looking for a player to take in fantasy football drafts who will spark his new team's offense and also help you speed to victory? Then use the luxury pick on Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Ridley has looked sleek during his first camp in Jacksonville and looks ready to rev up again after his time in Atlanta taking full advantage of riding with rising Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car. Because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now, you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers and eligible items. Apply. So do exclusions. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, Lily Zhao for a Zhao You Doing Wednesday on the show. Kay Adams from Up and Adams, formerly of Good Morning Football. Thursday on the show, Lauren Cox for our crossover Thursday. Locked on Bears host, Lauren Cox. And on Friday, part of our new Friday interview series, we have QB School, JT O'Sullivan, comes and talks Jordan Love, talks Justin Fields. We'll see how he feels about my Justin Fields takes. 
All of that coming up on an absolutely loaded week on Locked on Packers. One extra programming note that I want to add there. Um, Lily will normally be on Wednesdays for Zayu Doing. Everydayers know that's the deal. It's Wednesdays for Zayu Doing. Expert Tuesdays, our recaps come out on Mondays. But because of week one, because of some scheduling things, we had to flip. So Lily is going to be here tomorrow for Expert Tuesday. A great, a great Expert Tuesday. But it'll be Zayu Doing's Tuesday's Expert. And then Kay Adams will be here on Wednesday. Um, and that's going to be a great time. I can't wait for that conversation. Lastly here, we're going to talk plenty this week about injuries and and as things pop up, we will of course get to them, but I just wanted to set the scene here a little bit. We did get the word from Brian Gutekinds over the weekend, I believe, maybe maybe it was late Friday, that Devondre Campbell and Rashawn Gary look on track to play in week one, barring a setback. That's awesome news. Devondre Campbell has not played or practiced a ton in training camp, but he's a veteran. Don't think that's going to be a big problem. And we've seen Isaiah McDuffie come in and, and do some nice things at linebacker if they have to have Campbell on a pitch count. You're going to need someone like Campbell this week because that running game is varied. It's explosive. And so he's going to need to be on his P's and Q's. You need your leader, your your former All-Pro at linebacker there. Uh, Goody Kunst did say Gary's probably going to be on a pitch count. So we've heard that before, and they've said, forget the pitch count. If you're the Packers, what you'd love it, you'd love it to be 31-14 in the fourth quarter and Gary doesn't have to play. That's ideal. We'll see if that's how it actually all plays out. Romeo Dobbs is a little bit more concerning. We don't have a timeline on that. He was asked about it last week, and he said that decision is going to be up to coach, which, I don't know, makes it seem like they've already had a discussion. Like, hey, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to play. Like, if it's already that decision is coaches, maybe he's just being deferential. That is Romeo Dobbs' personality to just say, you know what, it's not up to me, it's up to coach. It's not great, especially given how good Romeo Dobbs was in camp. So we'll see how that progresses, something we'll certainly be monitoring. But I think there's going to be a lot of fans excited to see Malik Keith. How much does he take from Samori Toure? Is Dontavian Wicks going to be healthy enough to, to go? If, if Romeo Dobbs doesn't go, do you get the Grant Dubose call up? So having depth there is great. And remember what we said a couple weeks ago, and I've said a lot of times, I think over the course of the summer, you, you rarely have the amount of depth you think you do because injuries have a way of sorting these things out. You rarely have too many players. So all of a sudden, Romeo Dobbs can't play. Well, this receiver room looks a lot thinner because you're repl- relying on an undrafted free agent in Malik Heath, a seventh round pick from a year ago in Samori Toure, a fifth-round rookie who has missed half of camp in Dontavian Wicks, and a guy who didn't even make the 53-man roster in Grant Dubose. Now, this is why you get Luke Musgrave. It's why you draft Jaden Reed. It's why you you have Christian Watson, why you traded up for Christian Watson, because you think he can be the fulcrum of your passing offense. But this matters. On the Bears' side, one injury of note here, Tevin Jenkins not going to play. And, or at least it looks like he's not going to play. They've said he's week to week. Doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. So an offensive line that was supposed to be one of the strengths of their team. All of a sudden now you've got to reshuffle. It sounds like they're going to kick Cody Whitehair to guard. And put Lucas Patrick in at center. Couldn't even start for them last year as a preferred starter. So that's not great. We know Lucas Patrick here in Green Bay. A favorite of this podcast for a long time. And then it became clear he just like, it wasn't, it wasn't the same anymore. 
They have a former day three pick starting at left tackle. They've got a first round pick at right tackle who's also been having injury issues. Their free agent signing, Nate Davis, has just mysteriously not been practicing. No explanation. I was talking to Lauren Cox about that. I was just sort of like, I saw this, like I heard someone mention it and I was like, wait, what's the deal here? And Lauren was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> no one seems to know what's going on with Nate Davis. Well, you need your interior offensive line against Kenny Clark and what looks like a really good Packers front now with Devontae Wyatt and all the beef that they've added there. They're going to be able to rush the passer along the interior. You can't give Justin Field time. I don't, know, I don't know what your offense is going to look like unless you're going to run for 300 yards. The Packers have to hope that doesn't happen. All right, back tomorrow with Zayu doing early this week. And then a lot more. An absolutely loaded slate on Locked on Packers this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be Sunday after the game, go check us out on our Locked on Packers YouTube page. Subscribe to us there so you can stay Locked on Packers.